it was preparation day, and to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross during the Sabbath, since that Sabbath was a day of special solemnity, the Jews asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken away. Consequently, the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with him, and then of the other. When they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. And so, instead of breaking his legs, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a lance, and immediately there came out blood and water. This is the evidence of one who saw it, trustworthy evidence, and he knows he speaks the truth and he gives it so that you may believe as well. Because all this happened to fulfill the words of Scripture, not one bone of his will be broken. And again, in another place, Scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one, because he was afraid of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave permission, so they came and took it away. Nicodemus came as well, the same one who had first come to Jesus at night time and he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, following the Jewish burial custom. At the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in this garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been buried. Since it was a Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was near at hand, they laid Jesus there. The Gospel of the Lord. Good Friday has a very special meaning for not only Christians, but every single human being. Because on this day, we remember the suffering of one man in human history. This is a great mystery when we think about it, that we should commemorate the suffering, the unjust suffering, the most cruel suffering, suffering that consisted not only of physical abuse, but also of emotional trauma, of injustice, of unmitigated violence, of much indignity, insult, in short, suffering that all of us 
at some point has experienced not to the same depth or magnitude, but suffering with which we can identify. Every single human being suffers. Suffering is not limited to any particular race or class or gender or age. Everybody suffers. And so we can identify with the suffering of this man who is God. And this is where the mystery is. That God chose to identify in the one thing we all experience. Suffering, deprivation, anguish, isolation, solitude, pain, desertion, treachery. The list goes on and on. Why did he choose to suffer? Because God, in his infinite wisdom, had decided that this is the best way in which we can be redeemed. And now we see the purpose of suffering. It is nothing other than redemption. And this is why in our world, to deny suffering, to try to escape from suffering by choosing death, is in fact to reject God's redemption. It is to reject salvation. It is even to reject our very humanity, and with it, the possibility of sharing in the divine nature, which in fact is the crown of our redemption. In our world, there are calls for the introduction, the acceptance, the embracing of something called euthanasia, assisted suicide. Because, it is said, it is not right, it is not good to suffer. That there is no meaning in suffering. That suffering is pointless, unnecessary, but not so in God's plan. It is not so. The fact that the Son of God suffered for us is an indication that God knows about suffering personally. He knows what a headache is. He was crowned with thorns. He, know what, he knows what a backache is. A dislocated shoulder. He knows what it is to be betrayed and deserted, to be insult, insulted and slapped and spat upon. He knows what it is personally. Yet he chose this 
so that he might offer each and every one of us salvation. St. Paul tells us, know this to be true, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He said to the crowds who followed him at the high point of his missionary life, if anybody wishes to be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross every day, and follow me. He does not compel, he invites. If anyone wishes, it's an invitation, something we freely accept or refuse. To want to be his disciple is essentially to want to possess what we were created for, a kingdom before the foundation of the world, eternal beatitude, endless joy. The price, the great price, he has paid. But he expects us to contribute to our salvation. It is not as if he has done everything. St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings because I am able to make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. So St. Paul recognizes that Christ's sufferings were incomplete and that he, Paul, had to make up what was lacking. And that, of course, applies to all of us. What is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for our salvation? Our contribution to it. That is what is lacking. Our contribution. And so when we are afflicted by illness, even terminal illness, or when the years have piled up and we are aged and weak, unable to help ourselves, or when we are depressed, or when we have some family problem that is insupportable, that is intolerable. If we have agreed to be his disciples and we have decided to follow him, then we deny ourselves and we take up that cross and follow all the way to Calvary. Our Lord was not crucified alone. Two thieves, two brigands, two murderers were crucified with him. Both were guilty. Both had been judged and condemned. Both were suffering. Initially, both blasphemed. And they cursed. And they were angry and rebellious. But one looking across at the Lord in the middle, 
resigned and in control said, wait a minute, we are only paying for what we have done wrong. This man is innocent. We are only paying for what we have done wrong. This man is innocent. And turning his head to the Savior, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord did what he had come into this world to do. He responded, I tell you, this very day you will be with me in paradise. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. And so the thief enters paradise with the Savior. What merit did he have? What virtue? He just recognized that his sufferings, his own personal sufferings, which he had brought on himself, were deserved. And he accepted them and simply acknowledged what he had done and asked for mercy. Remember me. Nothing more. And he's more than remembered. He's brought into paradise. Our Lord spent 33 years in this world. 30 years were hidden, working in Nazareth, where he grew up as a carpenter. As we heard in the prophet, he grew up in front of us like a root in arid ground without beauty, nor majesty, nothing to attract our eyes. And our redemption was not in that. For three years, he preached, he taught, he healed his missionary life, he raised the dead even. But our redemption was not in that either. Our redemption was earned in three hours, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. when he was suffering. Suffering for each and every one of us, for you and for me. Just suffering, unable to do anything for himself. And yet, he was saving us. He shows us how we can, in fact, follow him. As he was being nailed to the cross, his first word was, Father, 
forgive them, they do not know what they're doing. And so that's what we likewise have to do. Forgive all those who have offended us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. The second, he likewise tells us, is to keep close to his mother. He gave his mother charge over the disciple that he loved. Woman, behold your son. Behold your child. Behold the ones I have redeemed. They are in your care. And to the disciple, to all of us, he gives us a mother. And so, keeping close to his mother and ours, we can remain on Calvary in the midst of our sufferings. We can remain there until, like the Lord, we can say, it is finished. We have not finished it, but the Father, seeing that we have filled up what is necessary in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church, calls us to himself with those blessed words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come, enjoy your master's pleasures. So when we had the call today for mercy killing, reject it, because suffering does have meaning. Suffering is the one thing we all share, and it, we share it even with God. Through our sufferings, we are able to possess eternal life. Let us then reach out, as our Lord did to the good thief, to all those who suffer and suffer intolerable pain, but more loneliness and lack of love. Let us reach out to them and show them that there is meaning in what they're going through, that they have a Father in heaven who does care for them and who has prepared a kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom where they will be happy forever and ever. Amen. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.